Are you laughing now? Well, all right. Welcome to episode number six of Embrace the Suck, the only officially licensed, sanctioned, rust-proof, waterproof, hunter-proof podcast of APG, bringing you two cents worth of free perspective on taking the heavy hitter's approach to life. I'm your host, Bill Hart, coming to you almost live this time from the India-Pakistan border, where everyone has taken a break from coronavirus lockdown to shoot at each other. Right, so I thought today, on day whatever it is of lockdown, we take a break from some of the serious talk and just go with some, just some casual storytelling. Somebody had hit me up uh, about one of the first podcasts that that I had done, and ta- that I was talking about. I'm talking to some local sheikh, and he says, "Well, do they do they speak English or what?" And I said, "No, man, you got to have an interpreter." He's like, "An interpreter? So like, what? You just you you talk, and he talks." I'm like, "Yeah, it's it's time consuming at best. It is kind of funny though because." Like the whole time I had been in before we ever went to war, uh, like you do all these training exercises, but you're only ever, you know, you, you catch somebody, you roll somebody up and everybody's speaking English. Like nobody ever figured an interpreter into this thing. And then you get over there and it's like, you, dude, you got to have an interpreter. You're just, you know, you might as well be doing sign language or, you know, it's, it's madness. But I had a lot of good times with, uh, with the interpreters. So I figured I would share a couple of stories, a couple of the, the PG stories, but good times. So the first time I dealt with an interpreter, I got, to, uh, I got to Iraq, and I actually had three or four interpreters that I dealt with. But the very first time that I went out on an op and dealt with an interpreter, so we go out and we're looking for, you know, I don't know who Carlos the Jackal, you know, but it's what they call a turnover op. So you're going with the platoon that you're replacing. So we're going looking for Carlos the Jackal and we go, you know, and it's like three in the morning or something. We always work at night. So we go out and we hit this house and we get all these people rounded up and you look around this house and it's like, obviously there's, you know, there's not air conditioning or anything. It's Iraq. It's not nice. But these people just had luggage, like luggage and just clothes just kind of thrown everywhere. And all of us were like, what? This can't be normal. This is bizarre. But we get these people rounded up and the guy I'm turning over with is showing me, you know, tell, kind of walking me through the, the battlefield interrogation piece. So every time I tell somebody that I did interrogations, I have to kind of clarify that like, no, I don't smash people's fingers with a hammer and nothing like that doesn't work like that. You know, these people know that if you're if you get caught talking to the Americans, that's going to cost you your life. And I can't trump that deal. I mean, you can beat on a guy till tomorrow, but he knows that if he's going to get killed for talking to you at all, like what, you know, how far can you take this? And then to make matters worse, if he walks over the base and hits a lawyer up and says, yeah, that guy, he beat me up. Now I'm standing in front of the man. And for what, you know, like Carlos the Jackal, some guy, I don't know that maybe he did something wrong. Maybe he didn't No, I'm not doing that. So the idea here is you got to either, you know, trick them or catch them in a lie or, you know, just some way to get the information out of them other than, smashing their fingers with a hammer. So the guy's kind of walking me through this, like how this works and you know, what you do, what you ask. And, uh, the interpreter is standing there. So everything the guy asks, you know, he's, you know, Hey, what's your name? What's that guy's name? What are you guys doing here? Whose house is this? And so on. And 
The interpreter, you know, he, he says something, the interpreter asks the guy, the guy answers, interpreter tells us, and the, the terp stops and he, and he goes, hey boss, you know, this guy, I think, he, they sound like they're from Saudi Arabia, they have accent. And the guy's fidgeting around and he's, he's you know, we got him cuffed up and he's, but he's fidgeting all around. And I, I, I'm like, hey, stop moving around you. And I press him up against the wall and he's still, he's, he's wiggling around. So I get my hand on the side of his head and I'm pushing him against the wall. I'm like, stop moving around. Tell him to stop moving around. The guy tells him to stop moving around. So the guy holds still. I'm like, all right, what? And he says, I think he's, I think they're from Saudi. He has an accent. And the guy's like looking at me. I'm like, stop moving. And, and then the turp goes, and also, you know, I think this guy, I think he speaks English. And the guy, the guy I'm holding against the wall now, it like scrapes, scrapes, scrapes his head along the side of the wall to get turned around to look at me. And he goes, no, I don't speak English. We're like, what? Are you kidding me? So the, the interpreter just cracks up and he walks off. You know, because who knows who this guy is? Obviously, you know, you're, you're going with. You're going to get locked up and somebody else can deal with you. But good times. But that... um. That interpreter and one other the guy, like he went by Abu Khalid. Like they all had little nicknames. I can't remember what the guy's actual name was, but uh, you know, it was like, oh, I do remember. It was an English name, but he went by Abu Khalid, and they all had little Abu names. So whenever you hear this this name Abu Abu anybody, this is what they call a war name. So Abu something Abu Muhammad Abu Khalid. Then this is not his real name, you know. So you roll a guy up, and it was it was kind of a downer because we would see you know, conventional forces roll guys up or, you know, they'd have like, hey, wanted, you know, this guy, like, who's this guy? Oh, it's Abu Muhammad from, you know, wherever. Like, dude, the guy gave you a fake name, man. He gave you his war name. It's like a street name, like T-Bone. Who is this? It's T-Bone. T-Bone is wanted. Oh, terrific. Just, you know, check IDs for T-Bone, right? But uh, some of these, these Terps I had, uh, Abu Khalid in particular, the guy was really solid. But these guys, they have... They have like a really, I don't want to say warped sense of humor. You know, that's like kettle, this is pot, right? But they kind of had a peculiar sense of humor because, you know, just like any culture, like their sense of humor there, an Arabic sense of humor is definitely different than ours. And these guys had been in country like we come and go. These guys can be there for a year plus at a shot, going and going and going. So we go out this one time. This was after we had been there. I think, I think we had been there like five months by now, and we were doing a lot of work. So we go out to this farm in the middle of nowhere looking for somebody, you know, I don't know, Carlos the Jackal. Again, we go out to this farm in the middle of nowhere. And at this point, we had been out several nights in a row. Like I was like I was on Hell Week status. Like I was like, like I got a wool blanket stuffed in my head. So we go out to this farm. And something that you notice about the rural people, rural, rural people, people who live out there in the woods, you know, in the woods, in the middle of nowhere. They don't brush their teeth. So this dragon breath, man, you you hear it coming. All right, so I get this farmer and it's like, it's three in the morning again. So we got this farmer and he's got three or four kids, you know, and they're probably late teens. And then he's got one or two small kids. And we get these characters rounded up. And apparently, you know, some insurgent types have been using this guy's farm as like a stopover place. And it's not like, you know, whether this guy was all right with it or not, it's not like he's got a choice. You know, I mean, they're going to show up with, you know, and stick a gun in your face and say, hey, guess what? I can give you a year's wages or I could shoot you right now. What do you think? 
So we find out this is going on out there. So we go out there and we got this guy and his family rolled up. And I'm sitting there trying to question this guy. And obviously, you know, nobody knows anything. And it's, you know, they've just kind of been rolling in, it sounds like, and putting a gun in a guy's face and say, hey, we're going to crash here for tonight. And the dragon breath is hitting me in the face. And I'm sitting in one of those cheap plastic chairs. You know what? I really, I really screwed up on not getting into the plastic chair business because those things are everywhere, man. The same chairs all over the world. I want to be, I want to be the, the plastic chair magnate. That's what I want. But I digress. So I'm sitting in one of these crummy plastic chairs and Farmer Muhammad is sitting over there in his crummy plastic chair. And I'm talking to this guy and the dragon breath is hitting me. And after a while, you get to where you trust the interpreter and he knows what you're going to ask. And you hear the responses coming out of the guy. Well, I'm out of like, I swear to God, I don't know anything. And, you know, I know what's going on. So I'm just kind of letting it flow. And now I'm like nodding off and like, Voom. and now there's his kid sitting there. And I look at the guy and he looks younger, but oh, it's because it's his teenage son. Oh yeah. Okay. And the, the interpreter's looking at me like, it's okay. I know what I'm doing. They don't know anything. We just got to go through this. So I'm listening and listening to this guy now. Well, I'm out of, yeah, I swear to God, I don't know anything. Nobody knows anything. I'm sitting there and I nod off again. And now there's a kid sitting in the chair. And I got two interpreters with me. So there's Abu Khalid and another guy. And these, so these two interpreters, and they're like, they're yucking it up. And this kid is going between laughing and crying. Like he's crying, but then he's laughing, but then he's crying, but then he's laughing. And I'm like, what, what are you idiots doing to this kid? And they're like, oh, it's okay, boss. It's okay. I'm like, no, man, it's, let's wrap this up, man. I want to get out of here. And they said, no, no, you know, it's okay. We're just going to ask the kid. So they're, and I said, what are you saying to this kid? And so uh, the other guy that's not Abu Khalid, and I can't remember his name, but he says, he says, oh, you know, he's telling this kid, you know, that light pole outside, he's going to hang him from that one. And then the kid is crying. But then he says he's going to take the kid down and make him to kebab. And then he's going to, but then he's going to make the kebab and let the kid eat the kebab. So then he won't be hungry. And I'm like, what? It doesn't, that's not funny. The kid thought it was funny. Like he thought it was, you know, he didn't want to be hung from the thing outside, but then he was also hungry. So kebab sounded good, I guess. I don't know, man. It's, it's funny to them, right? Right. So the last, the last story I'll share with you on this one, um, this is when I got to Afghanistan. And when I got to Afghanistan, it's a very different environment. Like Iraq, you know, it's, it's Iraq, man. Uh, Afghanistan, though, like these people fight and they've been fighting a long time. Like people know what they're doing there. So I got there and I had this Terp that, that really like this guy was gold. Like this guy knew everything, knew how things worked. And apparently this, he was an old dude and older than me even. Right. But this guy had worked for the U S uh, in the eighties against the Soviets. So this guy had been around for a while and now, you know, like they brought him out of mothballs and now here he is. And this guy was like, he was the heat, man. So I get the first time I get in the car, he's like, okay, boss, I show you how to drive around here. You know, so we go and we're driving around and there's like, literally there's no, there, there's no discernible traffic laws in Afghanistan. Right. And I'm driving around, well, I'm driving around a civilian vehicle and honestly, like, you know, thin skin civilian vehicle and I never felt safer in my life. Like nobody looks twice at you. And the he's trying to, he's telling me, you know, here's how you go. Here's, and he's like, it's, it's just madness. You come to a go around and he goes, look, just make your way, boss. Just make your way. 
And that's really what you got to do. It's like walking through, it's like walking through a crowded bar, like crowded Disneyland or something. Like you just got to make your way. There's not a rules here. But then when you drive, you'll come to a spot where, you know, once in a while where there's like rocks lined up in the road. So there's rocks. So that's their version of traffic cones. And what this means is that you just steer into oncoming traffic. No big deal, right? Like they're doing road work right there. You just steer into oncoming traffic. But the trick though is that if traffic is coming towards you, that means there's just construction happening, you know, further down the road. So just move to the side a little bit. Be a, be a good fellow citizen. You just make your way, boss. Just make your way. But this guy, uh, I got, you know, I got to know the guy a little bit. And we weren't that far from Pakistan. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm a man now. We weren't that far from Pakistan. So he's telling me about, you know, you know, you think it's bad here, boss. But, you know, over there... It's a crap country, boss. It's a crap country. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you know, it's bad here, but over there, you know, you can do anything if you have money. I'm like, like what? What are you talking about? So he says, you know, so there's a guy and some guy, he insults him. So he wants to kill him. So he goes to the police and he gives them $200. He says, I'm going to kill this guy. They say, okay, give us $200. So he pays the police $200. Now he goes to a wedding where the guy is and he goes there to kill the guy and he starts shooting. And now I sound, I'm like, what am I like a Spanish interpreter? It's no good. I'll just tell you like regular voice. So he goes to this wedding and the guy starts shooting. And now he, he kills the guy that he wanted to kill, but he also kills some other guy. So now the cops are after him, but they're not after him just because he killed some guy. They're after him because they want another $200 because you know, it's a crap country bus. So yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> So we'll leave it right there for today. I hope that brightens your lockdown hours and I'll leave you with a quote from my fantastic Afghani interpreter because you know, it's a crap country, boss.